Ahoy, listeners. A little note on this podcast. We had some technical difficulties part of the way through. Let's see how many people can figure out where. Cheers and enjoy the podcast. Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-Tastic Voyage. I am Kevin. This is Mark. And I'm Justin. And today we have beers from the far, far, far away land of Montauk. Long the island. end. Yes, the very, very end of the island. A brewery that claims to be long uh, the U.S.'s easternmost brewery. And I'm assuming that as long as there isn't one on the Aleutian Islands in Alaska that happened to actually be in the other hemisphere, we're okay. Ah. <laughs> Aren't parts of Maine further east, though? I yeah, think but they're so. not a brewery. Yeah, but I, I think much I like know, Alaska, I, there's nothing there. I feel like there's got to be one. Yeah, but somewhere. does the old guy, like, in his own wooden shack brewing count as that? You mean, is it is that that's uh, Blind Bat 2? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Paul's, Paul's a redneck cousin that lives in the hills of... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, but it's out there, man. And, uh, I mean, we're, I'm in pretty much central, as middle of Suffolk County as you can get, and it's still a good hour and a half, two hour drive all the way out to Montauk. I'm a half an hour farther east than you, and it's still a good hour and a half to two hour drive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and, yes, you have to go, and if you're not from Long Island, but you only know the Hamptons as the place of Kardashians and other famous people... What you don't realize is that it's just a traffic cesspool, because there's only one road that goes through the whole village, and it just stops. And if you have a really fancy car, well, then you can do whatever you want anyway, right? Right. Um, the rules don't apply to me. That's right. <laughs> I make the rules. My taxes pay your salary. <laughs> <laughs> These are all things we would say if we were rich. Yes. This isn't like... <laughs> and this is all things that we've heard rich people actually say to people. <laughs> and it always disgusts me when people behave that way. Um, so anyway, they started back in 2012, and it's a team, uh, it started off with a team of three guys, Eric Moss, Vaughn Cutillo, and Joe Sullivan, and Eric is the brewmaster, and Vaughn is the marketing guru, and Joe is the CEO and business development, um, person. So between the three of these guys, they got their, um, underground, their basement underground brewing operation going. And then, um, you know, they were doing the thing where, like a lot of the small breweries do, they deliver the first couple kegs by hand, some of them on bicycle in their cases. And they really try to portray the Montauk, I want to say, lifestyle of a beach fishing, no cares resort town um, without being quite as fancy or pretentious as the Hamptons. It's supposed to be kind of like a little more laid back. Justin, you're a fishing person, so I think you can kind of agree or disagree with that perception that they try to put out. Yes, I actually think that they uh, they probably pull it off pretty well. And uh, my favorite uh, uh, liar's saloon quote is, uh, Montauk is a uh, fishing village, a drinking village with a fishing problem. Yeah, <laughs> and that to give you that kind of like idea, like that kind of sums up what their personality that they're going for is. And I think that's the personality that they go for in the in the so in the bar as well. They're go it's that it's East Coast surfer, for lack of a better term. Like we don't have you know, I feel like the fishing village idea just adds on to it. Yeah. But that's kind of the vibe that they're going for. Everything's got beach themes and water themes to it. 
And today we have um, three beers from them. We're going to start with a, um, a Session Ale that has watermelon in it, then go to their signature Driftwood Ale, and finish up with the lone stout on the menu, the Guardsman Stout. Three beers. Ah, ah, ah. Exactly. Ah. Count knows what's going on. So the first beer is their Watermelon Session Ale, and it comes in at 4.9% ABV with a uh, very reasonable 26 IBUs. And pouring it out, it's really light straw color. Yes, it is very pale. Um, and there's a little bit of the faintest hint of watermelon in the nose. Yeah, just a little bit. Just enough to let you know it's there. Yeah, but I haven't even tried to sip yet. Have you guys? Yeah, and I, I get some watermelon in the taste, but I also get like uh, an, an astringency. Yeah. That... Uh, kind of ruins the finish for me interesting i uh, i mean i swirled mine up a lot and then um kind of like aerated in my mouth i didn't get get a lot of the astringency but i, I only had one one sip I, I don't know if it builds at all you know what i don't notice it as much after swirling it which is odd right it's it's the same seems i get a lot actually when i swirl up in my glass and drink it i get a lot of watermelon well i mean a lot being more than definitely more than a little and i kind of went for the in-between motion of saying okay let me take a really big gulp and to kind of get that mo a little more foam action, almost like you would be swirling it, just chugging the beer. Right. Um, and I didn't pick up the astringency as much. So it's, uh, it's pound this beer, man. Like, this is good. It's light. It's a little bit sweet. And Don't think about it. Just drink it. <laughs> yo, yo, bro, you got to pound it. Yo, just pound it. It's watermelon. It's delicious, bro. Just fucking drink it, yo. I can, I can definitely And I feel like I beer. heard that said outside. <laughs> In the, uh, you know, on, on the patio the there, at least twice. Outside. Yeah, you know, guys in pink salmon shorts saying, yo, bro, just drink it. It's cool. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> only been to the uh, to there once. It was with you guys um, when we did our... On the uh, bus tour. On the bus tour. But we, I mean, Mark and I, I don't know, I can't remember much, but Kev, I don't know how you drunk you were, Kevin, but we were mopped by the time we got there. I couldn't even drink anything. Yeah, it, I was pretty tanked. And then just that they were beers that were bit quite a bit hoppier. Yeah, the stuff we were drinking before that. Yeah, and I think the kind of caught the long bus ride out there did not do well with my stomach, so I did not go nuts there. I think I had one pint, and I was like, uh, "This, we should go. Let's get, let's get going." Yeah, I think at that point we were just done. But I do remember really enjoying the uh, kind of the amenities outside, the, right. the picking tables, and I can say that every time I see an Instagram post from them, I'm like, "Man, that looks a lot of fun to be there." You know, they and like I said, and that's why I think the um, the mar who was the guy that um, is the marketing chief that's um vaughn um, right. vaughn cotillo and based on some pictures that i saw around i think he's the guy i think he was one of the guys that i saw at the bar at the barn yesterday mm. when i picked this up and he knows how to do the marketing kudos to him like he's really doing a good job painting that picture so kevin do you have any flavor text for us on this watermelon yeah, and it's kind of interesting because they go, This highly refreshing brew combines delicious watermelon flavors with a crisp session ale that is perfect for sipping under the summer sun. And I was definitely more of a fan of it when I drank it quicker than sipping. But um, I do think they hit it on the head pretty good. At 4.9, it's definitely sessionable. And under the sun, it'll do the work of a more, less sessionable beer in the same amount of time, I think. <laughs> yes. So... For me, I think I'm going to go with a pint on it and then see what else they have. 
I mean, I'm going to agree with you. It's going to be a pint for me. Um, it's definitely different, and I would say that I prefer this over the 21st Amendment Hell or High Watermelon beer. Yeah, I was thinking about that one, too. This one is, I think, a better one than that. Yeah, but uh, after the pint, I'm going to want something else for sure. Now, the, the Hell or High Watermelon, is that, a, is that a wheat beer as well? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That, that's why uh, it makes sense. I, I think I like... Not that we're comparing, but I like that one a little bit better because of the wheat and also a little more assertive watermelon. But this right. is still this is still a great beer, um, and I'm gonna go bomber. Uh, I definitely could drink two of them, especially if I'm doing my fancy swirl, which I think would be great. Swirl's important. <laughs> so um, when I was getting this and I was thinking of uh, getting some notes together, I started thinking about what we've um, we've experienced a lot of different fruit in the beer, and I'm kind of throwing this on you guys because I want a re- live reaction of what are we what are some of the fruits that you actually really enjoy in beers and what are the ones that you think like don't really belong in beer because that's always one of those ones that you'll get people that argue about like you don't put fruit in beer quit bitching about it <laughs> i think i i think mark um probably have some strong feelings on this subject i i haven't had a fruit in a beer i've had fruit beers i didn't like right but i i haven't had a fruit that i found offensive in a beer like some, some someone putting a fruit in me thinking this fruit doesn't work in beer Okay. My favorites would probably be raspberry. Um, I think watermelon would be one of my favorites. And also, um, on the rare instances like uh, St. James does with their palm, apple um, right. in, a, in an ale. Not a cider, but an actual yeah, apple Yeah, that beer. was good. I remember having that at the festival. That was that was tasty. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say that lemon should not be put in beer ever. Okay. I mean, but you can... But as we saw... In a recent episode, like you weren't opposed to getting lemon kind of citrus flavors in other methods. No, and some citrusy fruits, and then like some Berliner vices, like uh, Checkpoint Charlie from Newburgh, where it is just so aggressively sour that it's kind of like lemonade. It's not bad to me. Uh, I actually really like that beer, but uh, like Sam Adams Porch Rocker or a lot of summer ales, where or uh, Line and Kugels. Uh, shandies, right? A lot of their shandies that are heavy on the citrus, I, I don't like them. I don't like that astringency. Yeah, I, I, I have to back up a little bit. I hate lemon. Period. I don't even put lemon in water, so it didn't even occur to me to answer that because I don't right. think that lemon should exist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, aside from that, though, uh, cherries are definitely one of my favorite fruits for beer, and other stone fruits in general, really, apricots, peaches. Yeah, I, I, I really like when you get peach and apricot in lighter beers. I think that's one of my more pleasing flavors. But when you can get cherry, the dark the like the dark cherry flavor in a in some beers, I really appreciate that. And as much as I love strawberries, I just I feel like every time we get a beer that has strawberry in it, it just doesn't doesn't do what it could do. Right, I think it's mean strawberries in general, and Mark, and correct me if I'm wrong, that translating that flavor into beer seems to be like an enigma. Yeah, it's definitely not an easy thing to do. And for me, the the watermelon here, even here and in the 21st Amendment one, it's okay, but it's not great. And it's a nice change of pace, but it's not something that I really go hunting for. Right, right. So, just so I, I just was wanted to uh, see your perspective on some fruit things there. I mean, I think fruit is, uh, in, in, you know, I was going to say important to put in beer, but I think there are a lot of styles that um, if you didn't put the fruit in there, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't drink. Right. So it needs that, like, you know, for instance, we were, um, we always talk about Mark's uh, peach, uh, what is it, peach mango culture? Peach habanero culture. Peach, peach habanero culture, yeah. yeah. 
the I mean cultures in general I kind of stay away from them but if somebody's going to take take it and put a flavor in it it's such a clean beer to begin with yeah that it's just gonna it's gonna jazz it up enough where I'm interested exactly and even though you can't hear it doing jazz hands because you said jazz it up <laughs> um Justin we did, did we get your rating on the watermelon uh yes I, I uh, going okay. bom- I'm going bomber on that oh okay excellent so what's uh, number two then Kevin number two is their signature keystone flagship whatever you want to call it beer of the driftwood ale and it is an english style pale ale at six percent abv and 49 ibus so making it english style they're or are they just using noble hops in it is that the way it gets done well, english, style? english hops, noble, noble hops are german, are german? okay right i would i mean they probably are using english hops or at least uh english varieties whether or not they come from england well right bottles yeah, Fuggles or Goldings. Just fun. Ken Golding, right? Fuggles. East Ken Goldings and Fuggles. <laughs> I, found, I feel like that's a, both a Harry Potter character as well as, as, well, as, some, yeah, yeah. as well as some sort of... Uh, um, something my... you'd yell at a cabbie that, that, that cut you off in front of Parliament. Ah, oh, Fuggles! <laughs> no, I want to... That's what, that, you know what? That's, the, that's a good name for a, for a uh, brewery, like, dog. You know, the dog that runs around the brewery. What's oh, that? Yeah, that's my dog. Oh, that's Fuggles. Don't yeah. worry about him. Nice. He's friendly. <laughs> That would just be don't pet, just don't pet his back leg, his hind legs. He gets itchy, iffy. Yeah, this pours out, and it, I mean, straight up looks like uh, a mass market beer. Good head on it. It's very clear. Yes, yes, very, very clear. And it's even got a, that head retention on top. Yeah, I would overall call this beery. Again, there you go. <laughs> so it is definitely beery, but I would not say it's the beeriest beer that ever beered. No, no by far no. not. By far not. Um, to throw out the flavor text for this one early, the well-balanced English Pale Ale is known for its dark copper color. Nope. Yeah, I would... Yeah, no, not, not copper. Yeah. Not, not this one. Um, and easy <laughs> drinkability. I was wondering where that pause came from. Now I get it. <laughs> Victory malts give this beer terrific toasty, nutty, and biscuity flavors. So either the young lady that was behind the counter poured the wrong beer in there, or... That's just not right. The taste comes through, though. I get what she's saying. The taste. I get a little bit, a little bit of citrus in it, um, but I do also get, I get a nutty, a little bit of a nutty finish. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is the driftwood ale. Is there another one on the it's board been, that this could be? I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna. I took a picture of the menu of the board and like their list, and I'm gonna see if there's something else that this might be. But if this is copper colored, then some then. I'm on crack, man. It's I, been too long since I've had the Driftwood Ale that I would be able to say that I would this ass- is or is not definitively. I'm almost assuming that I've had I've assu- I am assuming that I've had it before just because it's pretty prevalent, but right. I, I can't remember it. I mean, a lot of their beers are pretty light anyway. So they have the um, um they have a summer ale, a session IPA. The Wave Chaser IPA, um, the Truth Serum Pale Ale, which is a collab that they're doing with uh, Truth Training in East Hampton. Do we have any? Which any, is an American Pale Ale. Is there any flavor text for it, though? Well, I gave you the one from the Driftwood. <laughs> Mark Mark has the, the 2015 BJCP style guide out with the, with the SRM colors. And it is nowhere near copper. Right, yeah. It would be gold. To yellow at best four between a four and a six for those of you that look at the numbers that's right. where I would put it. I'd no, put it it's nowhere at, near seventeen. I would put it firmly at a five. Yeah. I think that would be a very yeah, sale. That, so uh, what would they call it? A pale gold or a light gold? 
So, yeah, something like that. It's definitely nowhere near a copper. Um, you know, so I think we may have, have something else here. This might be the Montauk Summer Ale. Yeah. A light caramel malt blended with just the right amount of wheat gives it the summer ale, bold yet refreshing finish. No, I don't taste wheat. No, nah, I don't think it's wheat. A good uh, session IPA, a good choice for any type of season. Surf session, golf side, other. Always IPA. Three hop varieties, no chance there. Wave Chaser IPA. I'm thinking it was the it's the collab because it's a pale ale. Yeah, friends of the truth training East Hampton American Pale Ale is picked with citrus and tropical aromas. Yes, yeah, 100%. that's absolutely what this is. I yes. think we got it. I think we were lied to. <laughs> I don't think she did it on purpose because. No. I walked in there, I happened to sneak into the room, and then I turned around and there was a line out the door again. So I know they were busy, so I'm not going to knock the young lady for it, but I really don't think this is the driftwood. No, it's definitely not, but I'll tell you what, it's killer. Yeah. So I, this, I slammed mine. I, yeah. I, that was really good. So Yeah, it's a good beer for sure, but it's just not the one we thought it was. Yeah. Right. So they call this one their uh, Montauk Truth Serum Pale Ale, brewed in collaboration with our friends at Truth Training in East Hampton. This American Pale Ale is packed with citrus and tropical aromas and comes in at a 5.7 ABV. I think that's what this is. And, yes, and that's that's what we're gonna really we're gonna, good. <laughs> oh my god, damn, is it good? So it's uh, let's let's reiterate. So it is straw colored, roughly a five SRM. Yeah, we, we we broke out the technology, um, and uh, you definitely get a, a, an aroma, a citrusy tropical aroma right on, and 100% a citrus to tropical finish. It, it falls through the whole way. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I really like it. Um, for me, I'm going to go with a bomber on this one. That I can drink a few more. I can drink a second one of these. And I'm happy. I think I'm almost happier that we got this. <laughs> yes, I feel the same way. What do you think, Mark? I'm going to go for a growler of this. It's, uh, it's light and refreshing and certainly drinkable. I, I am going to gonna drop the rarely used keg. On this one. Really? Throwing yeah. down the keg on Yeah. It. Uh, in between the next two episodes, I'm going to drink at least another pint of this. Okay. It is. That is I, really surprising. Yeah, you throw the keg down. Yeah. I, um, again, it's an, a light beer that, ha to me, has about as bold a flavor as you're going to get from a light beer. And it, I, I don't know. It's something about it. I, I can keep drinking it. So I want to go surfing now. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to take up surfing. <laughs> I need a really big board. That's right. It's okay. <laughs> Listen, man. If there is one thing that the movies and television has taught me about surfing, it is perfectly cool to be a really big dude and still surf, because you're the you can just be that guy that like runs the whole show, and you just go out on your really long board and you just kind of do. You don't have to do the crazy half pipe. You do the cruise wave. You just like yeah, right. man, rolling out. There. I'm only gonna surf in the winter though, so that I can cover myself up with a wetsuit. Okay. And I don't scare children. Okay. That sounds. That's, See, but that sounds like half the fun to me. Scaring children? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Mark, learning, toddler terrorist. <laughs> learning, <laughs> learning, new, learning new shit about Mark every day. <laughs> All right. So let's open up the last one and see what we get. Okay. Now, well, now I'm wondering whether or not we're going to get the same Well, beer. there's only one dark beer on tap, so if it's not dark, we know it's not that one. That's true. This is the Guardsman Stout, and it is a milk stout that comes in at 5.2% ABV and 26 IBUs. Milky. Yes. Excellent. Um, yeah. Well, I'm going to say that this is the stout. Yep. Unless for some reason this happens to be the driftwood. Right. And I got hosed on getting the stout. I don't know. It smells pretty roasty. All right. Yeah. We're going to call I it the stout. I think we're safe on this one. Um, this one, the Guardsman, is in oh, honor God. of the men and women of the United States Coast Guard, which out of Montauk and out in the fishing villages, those guys get a lot of respect. So, oh, And they deserve it. Absolutely. So, kudos to them. And we're going to toast this one to them. So Absolutely. Cheers, U.S. Cheers. Coast Guard.
Oh man, that smells good. I really like the smell. I like the taste. Light milk, light lactose flavor in there. Um, Creamy mouthfeel. Yeah. Yep. The roasty malt, coffee, and chocolate notes will certainly please your taste buds. Consider my taste buds pleased. Yeah, me too. I, the You get that kind of sweet lactose in the beginning, mm -hmm. and it transitions like really smoothly into that roast finish. Yeah. yeah. And it's not a dark roast. Um, from what I was reading in a couple different other... Um, no words, use them. In a couple other um, articles that I read on, on Montauk Road, I believe they use some coffee from um, Ace Coffee Brewers. That's which local is, out which there. is another eat which is an East End coffee brewer, uh, coffee roaster. And I think they actually put a little bit of coffee in here. Not a whole lot, but um, you know, just a little bit of cold brew in there to add some flavor. I could definitely see that based on the flavor profile here. But I'm really pleased with this. It's um it's a nice milk stout that doesn't really get too full or thick mouthfeel. Honestly, I'm surprised that this beer, given that uh, I don't remember this being on tap when we were out there last year. Definitely not. And it's not something uh, that I would expect to get from Montauk. No, I mean, I think our experience with Montauk has been their IPAs. Right. Which, you know, again, no judgment, but that's not our, our style. And uh, this is a, a pleasant, uh, for at least for us, change of, change of pace as far as what we, what we can get out there. I agree. Um, I really like it. The for me, I think I'm gonna go with a growler on this one because it's just the kind of beer that I like, and it's light enough that it's not going to be too heavy on that hot day. Like it's, I can still drink this one at the beach and feel good about it. Yeah, it's definitely on the the lighter scale of uh, mouthfeel for the style, which I think definitely helps out with, um, you know, with obviously drinking it on a hot day or out in the summer. Right. Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a growler. I uh, enjoy this, uh, the, um, I enjoy the roastiness. The, it gets right to the level for me where I, I think it, you can still drink a lot of it um, with the roast. I'm going to stick with the bomber. Uh, it, it's good, and I enjoy it, but I don't think I could drink more than two. That's fair. Yeah, I, I hear you on that one. Um, it's completely understandable. Um, one, the only other thing that I mentioned that I didn't mention off the list of beers that they have there is um, one that I saw that kind of seemed an interesting was their new one, which surprises another IPA um, with uh, Galaxy and Cascade hops, and it's a hazy IPA with great with um, great citrus and passion fruit notes, and comes in at 5.4 ABV. So that one kind of seemed interesting to me, and of course I realized that it was there right and what it was right after they were done filling the growlers. Yeah. So, and I did not have time to hang out and drink a few beers because it's a long ride home. But for me, um, overall, I think I'm more pleased with this trip out there than the last time I was there. Um, but it's still so damn far away. <laughs> it's just so far away. Yeah, I mean, my my wife, myself, and my parents try to get out to Montauk a couple times a year. Yeah. Because my mother, my mother absolutely loves it out there. I worked out there for a while on fishing boats. Right. And um, I'm not as enthusiastic about going out there in the middle of the summer as yeah. my mother is, but we try to get out there, and I think that uh, I'll, uh, next time we go out, I'm going to try to drag my parents there. My parents both like beer, but you right. know, they're still, still unsure about this craft beer thing since it's so new, right. as, as my mother terms it. Um, but uh, Do it, they constantly ask you if things are a beer or an ale? 
No, no. They constantly ask me if they're going if you're going to get hammered if you drink two of those. Like they they assume every single craft, uh, craft beer is like thirteen percent alcohol. <laughs> I'm like we're not I'm not in the hills of, of like West Virginia. I'm not making moonshine. So. See, because that that's the thing that I like. I always have to explain what, to people of an older generation. It seems like my mother, especially, and I've got it from other people too, where like. Like, oh, you make your own beer? I'm like, yeah, well, I made this. And they're like, oh, is that a beer or an ale? I'm like, uh-huh. all ales all are beer. All lagers are beer. <laughs> all ales are beer, but not all beer are ales. Yeah, they're all part of the same genus, not just the same, not the, but they're not the same species. Exactly. Right. Breaking um, out a little binomial nomenclature. Woo, look at you, fancy pants. <laughs> um, I think the if Dewey you're taking... How do you not know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> I'm sorry, these are a little late. <laughs> what is that from? UHF. Oh, UHF. Yeah. Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> the Librarian. Yes. Conan the Librarian. Conan the Librarian. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a clip of that. That's your wife's nickname me. sometimes, right? What? That's your wife's nickname sometimes, right? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I, she, I, the first time that I made her watch that movie. She definitely made a comment, something along the lines of, oh, I, there are some days that I wish I could do that. <laughs> but I think if you take your parents out there and you stop, and, the, and you end up stopping here, um, I don't really know what kind of beer Kitty likes. But Let's, I, let's think Biclobe Ultra. So I think if you threw her either the surprise beer that we got. Big time. Or the watermelon. I think she'd be okay with that. Yeah, she likes uh, uh, Corona. And I think I said on an earlier podcast, I, when I started drinking beer, I didn't know what to order. Right. So, so I just ordered a Corona because it's what my mom drank. <laughs> so um, I didn't know I was doing myself such a disservice for this entire time. That reminds me, there's a scene in um, that Brandon Fraser movie, Blast from the Past. I, I haven't seen it. I'm just aware but of it. But you're aware of it, right? Yeah. So he escapes out of the time lock area and he goes to a bar and he orders a Rob Roy. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, and the, the bartender goes, I thought only hookers drank them. And he goes, I don't know, but Mom sure loves them. <laughs> well, and that's all that's running through my head right now. It, it might be fair. So, um, yes, I think that she would enjoy that, and I think my father would be would actually be into them as well. He'd probably yeah. even try the stout. He, he's a little more adventurous than my okay. mom. He wants to start eating Thai food. So, oh, yeah. That's a that's jumping into the deep end there. A little bit. Um, other, I don't really have any other notes. I think the only other really interesting thing to discuss about them is that they have probably about a five barrel system at the barn, which they use for their test batches and for small and for small runs that they only sell either in the tasting room or to local restaurants. And all the rest is contract brewed with a, uh, with a brewery out in Massachusetts. But they have really good distribution. They, uh, I know they use some of the bigger distribution companies. And you can find Montauk Brewing stuff all over the place. You can find it in you don't even have to go to a beer distributor. You can find it in supermarkets. You can find it oh, in yeah. gas stations. Um, and they're doing Crowler fills also at oh. the at the uh, place there, um, at the tasting room. I think it's going to get to the point pretty soon where it's not even going to be a note we have to say. I think everybody's yeah. going to be doing it. So well, they had a cool. They had, did have a cool looking can, if nothing else. Oh, nice. Um, so I appreciated that. I almost and again that was another one that I brought the glass all the way out there. So I'm like, damn it, I'm gonna use it. Yes. <laughs> um, but the crowlers, I almost wanted to be like, all right, let me get one of those. <laughs> you um, just wanted to, you just wanted to feel small while you're holding this enormous can of beer. That's right. It makes it feel like I have a tiny pause. 
You guys got anything else that you want to throw in there? No, I'm uh, I'm my uh, I'm renewed. I want to go back out and uh, and check it out now. All right. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I I would say that uh, taking a uh, less drunk pair of ice out to the brewery would be a good uh, use of my time. Absolutely. Then I will finish up with just one last shout out to the spot lunch. If you've ever been out that way, that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's a old roadside kind of place that has a huge sign that just says lunch and arguably one of the best lobster rolls anywhere. That's a good joint. Uh, worth stopping in there to get an outstanding sandwich. So cheers, everybody, and tell us if you stop by there. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.